Hello, and welcome to Bartel Radio. I'm Cass Enright, founder of Bartel.com. We're here today at Beer Bistro, and we're chatting with Brian Morin, who is the chef and partner, and Dana Guy, who is the bar manager. Hello to you both. Hello. Hello. I thought we'd start by talking about how Beer Bistro came to life. I know it has uh, a bit of a storied history, at least from what I understand, because there was a couple of attempts at starting at different locations in the city. I remember... uh, 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 Yeah, hard to start a a restaurant, that's for sure. Yeah, there was like an Eglinton location that was considered. And And on Young Street and a couple other spots. Yeah, so how did did Beer Bistro come to life and how did it get settled in this current location? Well, I think we had a dream of... um, having kind of an upscale casual place that uh, elevated beer to um, the likes of good wine and still kept something uh, relatively affordable and then we just had to find the right location and and luckily we stumbled upon Zoom and they were leaving and we were wanting to come and and we created Beer Bistro. Great. I know Steve Beaumont has has been involved in the uh, in the restaurant ever since its inception? Ever since day one. What is his, um, what's his role with, uh, with well, the Well, Steve was here in the beginning, like all of us, um, helping pick the paint, decide where to put the pictures and uh, which beer glasses to buy. And, and then really, uh, Steve's, you know, the best thing he ever did was gave us a really good understanding of how to make a beer menu, how not to just represent one brand, how to design a beer menu more like a, you would a wine menu. You know, wines are Sauvignon Blancs, Chardonnays, uh, Pinot Grigios. You're representing all the different styles. He wanted us to have um, a, a menu that would represent the different styles. Uh, he gave us a good appreciation for beer and things to look for uh, and things to taste and things to smell. And he, he was uh, instrumental in, in hiring people um, and training people who had passion for beer and love beer and love people and things like that. And... Um, and here we are. Mm-hmm. Well, one of those one of those people that uh, that has demonstrated an obvious passion for beer is Dana. Uh, Thank you, Dana. Why don't you, t- <laughs> why don't you tell tell me about how uh, your background and how you came into uh, the job here? Um, yeah, I was not part of the sort of before creation of Beer Bistro. Ryan and and Stephen and Kathleen um, were definitely a big part of you know, bringing Beer Bistro to fruition, I guess you could say. I joined sort of before we opened the doors. Um, I was hired as the bar manager. Um, my background is just, you know, working in bars and enjoying good beer. So um, I never really had an opportunity to work at a place that, you know, obviously did beer to any degree like this. It was just something I more um, enjoyed on a personal level. And so, yeah, I was just hired as the job and grew with the restaurant as we all have, and here we are today. Yeah. So what goes into the, uh, the beer selection here? Because I know there's, there's a, a, a large draft list that's ever-changing, plus lots of bottles. So how, does, uh, how do you go about um, determining what, um, what you serve? Well, we have to decide what season it is first, because the menus change four times a season. And then, four times a year. Four times a year, <laughs> thank you. And, um, and then we go from there, and it's... You know, you want to put everything on the menu, but you just have to decide what's going to be this for the next three months. Mm-hmm. And um, that's how we do it. Right? Yeah, and I think there's a great art in balancing um, 
you know, we have a lot of people that are regulars here as well, but, and so you have people, as much as we like to encourage people to try new beer, people have their favorites and people have the things that they've grown attached to. People have things that they sort of almost expect to get here. And while we might sort of pull it up from under them and bring it back a little while later, it's sort of mirroring, you know, keeping sort of the consistency of the menu and things that people are, are used to getting and then presenting a lot of new things. So it's sort of finding a balance between those two. And it's also how we buy. Sometimes we buy 20, 30, 60 cases of a certain beer, and depending on when it runs out, and if we've purchased enough to come back in, or if we can get our hands on it again, um, if we're going to keep it on the menu and things like that. So mm -hmm. there's all kinds of factors. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I know certainly some of the beer that I, is hotly anticipated and uh, by a lot of the beer fans in Toronto are the private orders you guys do. Uh, you know, we're enjoying a Lost Abbey right now, and I noticed that there's Jolly Pumpkin on the menu. Um, how's, how has how is uh, private ordering uh, been for you guys? Because I know it's sometimes it can be uh, a challenge <laughs> for um, other bar operators that I've spoken with about, uh, you know, sort of the logistics and the work involved to get the beer in. Well, I think private ordering for us is fine. There's a lot of hoops, and you have to just be very, very patient. And um, unfortunately, like the LCBO brings it, and then with restickering, relabeling, all the different things, the costs go up for the consumer a little bit. But if you're wanting to bring uh, great beers to the market, it's the only way we can go. Mm -hmm. you know, unless it's coming from Ontario, uh, the only way to do, uh, bring something different is to go through private ordering. So it's the best system we have. So it's. Fantastic. It's kind of all we have to deal with, so we have to you do work it, right? within the system that yeah. you're presented, right? So, exactly. Yeah. So I uh, I noticed when I was surfing on your website that um, you know the the website says that coming here will help you change your views about beer. Um, how how have you seen that uh, worked out? I mean, can you tell me a couple of examples of of, of people that that may have come in here with um, a view that isn't quite what we have and how um, they've, they've been able to sort of turn themselves around just by having an experience here? Well, I think that, um, you know, there's a lot of people that come from the beer community here, obviously, and, you know, us being a part of the beer community and tasting beers all the time, and, um, you know, there are still a huge amount of people that aren't used to trying different styles of beer, and sometimes we can lose sight of that, although I'm sort of, you know, front of the line, so I tend to see it a bit more. Um, so just people that haven't been exposed to craft beer um, or things even beyond sort of an American style lager. Even just the idea that we don't have, you know, Stella on draft, right? And that people are forced to just, you know, and that's such a go-to beer and I, I'm not putting it down at all, but it's such a go-to beer and people just rely on things as a, as a bit of a crutch because that's what they just order. So I think it's really nice to see people just try another you know, lighter lager and, and, and try it and just be like, oh, I, I can like something that's not associated with my brand. And even just stepping out of that, I think is great. Um, and also people who just sort of say, well, I like, I like wine. And then you can sort of put them onto a Flemish brown ale or something. I think that's a really great transition that I've, I've definitely seen people take. Um, and also sort of, you can also see people do, you know, they're part of the cooler market, I would say, that you can sort of switch on to a fruit beer. And I think those are sort of the sort of the easiest kind of reaches for people and a good step, as well as tasters, right? Tasters mm -hmm. are a good way to, you know, people don't feel very committal about, uh, you know, a smaller portion of beer. They feel it's okay to mm -hmm. check it out. So it's great. 
Cool. Also, if you um, finish your meal off with the Kelka shows and explain to people how we have a hot beer that's one of you know two beers in the world designed to be served hot. And it takes like 15 minutes, like a souffle, uh, to have. And then you watch them take their first sip, and that little bit of cinnamon and those cherries hit their palate, and, and it's hot and warm. And, and they go, wow, that, that's nothing like beer I know. Yeah. That changes the way people think about beer. Mm -hmm. And then you, you, they're starting off the night, and they're about to celebrate, and you say, how would you like to start with a bottle of Deus? And, you know, that's a beer that brewed in Belgium and uh, undergoes a Champenoise method for two years in Champagne, France. And it's a spectacular beer, but of course it's beer, so it's not as expensive as um, wine-based champagne. But people go, wow, I can't believe that's beer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or they ask for a cooler, and you give them a strawberry beer or a peach beer, and they go, wow, I didn't know beer could be like that. So, And then you're talking about chocolate stouts and hazelnuts, and there's so many wonderful flavors in beer, or just something crisp like a Denison's. And mm -hmm. People go, wow, that's so refreshing. So it's pretty easy to change the way people think about beer, if they're thinking about American lagers. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's what we're all about. Yeah, well, I think we're all in it to try to change people's views about beer. And then I guess lastly, we suggest the pairing of a different beer or a different beer style or a different beer category with every meal we serve here. Mm -hmm. So then people go, oh, wow, I, I get that it's beer is more like wine because you can do that. And boy, that does taste pretty good. So. Mm -hmm. Brian, you mentioned earlier that you change the menu four times a year. I guess once a season. Once mm -hmm. a season. So, uh, aside from the season, what what drives your inspiration for changing the menu? Because I know I've come here regularly since day one, and I've noticed lots of different things that have uh, um, that have been offered. Uh, what's what uh, what drives you towards you making your decisions on uh, on what you serve here, food wise? Well, I think what's inevitable in life is change, and why not go to a restaurant that you've come to know you're a regular and it's always changing and there's always something new happening it's a reason to come back it's a reason to always be you don't want to eat the same thing day over day or drink the same thing day over day so mm -hmm. if you come to beer bistro there's always something new happening and then to embrace the seasons to me only makes sense because you're using the best produce at the time the things that taste the very best and you're having beers you know i don't want to have um well, I don't want to have a Stella Artois maybe ever, but I wouldn't want to have a, a crisp beer like that um, in the middle of the wintertime. Mm -hmm. I want to sit down and have something really robust and mm. so kind of toasty. Well, for the most part, we actually do have four seasons, so it's good to you yeah, know, take, take advantage yeah. of that uh, luxury because it's not that way everywhere in the world, that's for sure. Um, so I intend on doing a little bit of you know, self-congratulations here, but I, uh, yeah, I think you guys have been very good, great partners for me over the last couple of years with the Golden Tap Awards. Um, Our favorite event. Yes, well, <laughs> hence the self-congratulations. Um, you know, I, I just want to get your take on, on, on how the event's uh, been for you, because for me, I think it's been amazing, and, and having uh, working with you guys um, as partners over the last couple of years has really propelled the event to something quite significant. I'm just interested in, in your take on how, um, how that's been for the last couple of years. Well, I think it's been really great to just watch the event grow, right? I, you know, this year was the, it, the event was amazing. It was it had huge attendance. I think we, we've sort of figured out, you know, the way to work the event within the space and within the people that come, um, which is nice. Uh, I really enjoyed. I will give you some congratulations. I really enjoyed the idea of this, the 
I'm going to say the name wrong, but the special awards. The, oh, the, the, editor's, non, the editor's circle. The editor's circle. Thank you very much. I couldn't remember. Um, I really think that was a great addition, and I think, you know, it was something that, you know, people didn't... It's great because it offered a chance for people to win that wasn't kind of a landslide. Certain things are always going to win in, mm-hmm. uh, in events that are voted on by the public because it's just based on popular opinion to some degree. Um, so it's nice to have those things that just recognize things that might not win sort of by the statistical popularity vote. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was great. I, yeah, I can't say really enough good things about it. I have fun at the event. So mm-hmm. that's a good sign if I'm, if I'm putting in all that effort and still in able to enjoy the night. Mm-hmm. So that's great. And I think it's all about elevate and celebrate. You know, we're celebrating great uh, Ontario beers. We're introducing people to them. They're, they're celebrating, you know, all the different things that are happening and encouraging people to continue to do more and more of these things. And that's mm-hmm. what we need, more and more people trying new mm-hmm. things. And uh, I, I think it's exciting what's happening in the beer world right now. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, you know, you know, the Golden Tap Awards, you know, Say What's uh, False Festival of Beer, Volos Cast Days, I think all of those things are also encouraging brewers to try something new. They realize that there's these events and there's people coming out to them and paying attention to, to specialty brews and they're getting recognized. Best of the Fest is generally Seasonal something. Brews. And gen- is generally something, you know, that's a one-off, right? So I think it's... I think it's good. I, I, I think it's good that how it promotes it, like sort of full circle with everybody. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Cool. Yeah. Oh, I think we've I think we've been able to find a good formula that's been working pretty well, and hopefully it'll be, continue to work well. In I think the it'll only get better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you mentioned it's your uh, favorite event. And I thank you for that. But I know you have some others. Um, do you want to talk about some of the things that you have uh, cooking in terms of uh, future events? Well, we have um, twice a year we try to do specialty beer dinners, and we have um, Sam coming from uh, Dogfish Head, and we've secured an order that hopefully will arrive in the next four or five months. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that maybe fun of private ordering. Yeah, maybe the next (laughs) month. Who knows? But um, we're really excited about pairing and preparing with Dogfish Head dinners and having the brewmaster and and hopefully the chef from uh, Dogfish Head come and and work with us and do just a fantastic fun meal. Mm-hmm. Not stuffy, but a fun meal. Mm-hmm. These are just incredible beers. So uh, that'll be good. And in the future, we have more events like that. and Beer schools. Yeah, beer schools and, and stuff like that. Our focus right now is on ourselves. We're doing a lot of beer schools for staff and staff parties. And, mm-hmm. you know, we had a big celebration after the Golden Taps and enjoyed all the leftover beers and taught ourselves a few things about Ontario beers. So those are what makes us... Uh, you know, strong here. Great. Sounds good. Yeah, it's, I think you've, you've put together a really good team that's passionate about beer, that's for sure. So, um, so where, where do you see Beer Bistro going? So what's, what's the future hold? Well, I hope we're not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I hope we're staying, and I hope everybody wants to come and, and stay here too, because I hope we're always offering something new, and I hope we're always doing something challenging and fun and I hope it's always a place that people feel that you know it's not stuffy and pretentious and they can come and relax and enjoy a beer or a bite to eat with their friends right? absolutely I hope we get another beer fridge so that we can have more beer because we're out of space yeah that'd be great <laughs> on that note um, I thank you both uh, thank you for your time and it's been really nice uh, chatting with you thank you, thank Cass. you Cass. thanks <laughs>